0: Hi, it's Teresa, and you're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything, and this is the very first episode. So before we get started, can you guys do me a favor? Open iTunes, click rate and review, and subscribe. It would really help us get the word out since it is an all-new show. If you like the music, that's thanks to Chris Corlew. You can find him at shipwrecksailor.bandcamp.com. Also, thank you to Cody Johnson for making the theme song. Hey, you guys haven't heard the theme song yet, huh? Okay, well, anyways, here it is. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
1: You can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener, you can tell her Welcome to
0: You Can Tell Me Anything. I'm Teresa Lee, and I'm your host. Um, This is a podcast where people confess things to me because I'm a pretty good listener, and nobody's told me that, but um, I'm telling you that now, so uh, you can decide for yourself if it's true or not. And also because therapy is expensive, and most of the time you go to therapy to talk about things, get things off your chest. We can't all do that. I know I have not been able to go since I uh, left my full-time job with benefits, Mm. so... And some people go to church, but, you know, church is also kind of pay-to-play. They ask you for donations after every, um...
1: I've never heard someone (laughs) describe church the way that they describe Hillary Clinton.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like a bringer show, you know? You're always trying to get people to go with you. It feels like there's something going on there.
1: You get ten blessings if you bring (laughs) ten ten people.
0: Right, right, right. So, you know, it's not for everyone, but talking is for everyone. I go to
1: therapy, but it's weird. It is? Because it's for, like, uh... A very specific group of people. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a group it's, therapy. It's free therapy, but it's for people who are struggling from PTSD, either from heavy drug usage or uh-huh. gang violence. Whoa. So she filters all of our talks through that lens. Through that lens. And I, I don't have anything to do with either of those two groups. How did you? Wait,
0: first of all, the voice you're hearing <laughs> is, uh, uh, he, since you guys heard him already, I'm going to introduce him right now. Um, I'm very excited to have. Edgar Monplazier on as our guest today. Um, you know him from, he has a podcast. Remind me what your podcast
1: is called. It's called Culture Kings Culture on Kings. How Stuff Works.
0: Yeah, it's a new podcast. Well, you guys hosted it before, but now it's on How Stuff Works um, with Carl Tart. And is there a third host? Uh,
1: Jaquise Neal.
0: Edgar, thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely.
0: How did you get into group therapy if you're not Well, um, it's, it's, it's singular,
1: but there is group stuff with it. But I got it because I was going to the Southern California Counseling Center and they were charging me like twelve bucks, and it was cheap for a bit.
0: For one session? <clears throat> yeah, that's great. You should
1: check. It. You should look into it. For yeah.
0: a single, or it's all group?
1: Single. Oh wow! So I should then look into that. I skipped like three in a row because I couldn't afford the Uber to get out there. It's like on Pico,
0: and oh, yeah, then that's
1: far. Uh, after you skip three, you can't go back. But the therapist she dug me so much that she uh-huh. recommended me to this thing. Which is free, but it is under that very specific guise. And it's like, it's very weird. Like, she, cause there is a group element to it too. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one time she's like, Do you wanna do the group element? And I was like, No, because like, I don't want to like go to the group and have someone be like, Yeah, you know, I really am proud of myself for not taking heroin. Like, you know, I really fought that. All right, Edgar, what's going on with you? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the funniest person on my herald team. <laughs> and that gives me a lot of anxiety. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god that's funny um yeah i don't know if i could do group therapy i i guess like open mics are sort of have that communal feel but absolutely
1: it's but they, you all have the same problems yeah everyone
0: has the same <laughs> problem <laughs> but group therapy i feel i just feel like i would get selfish i because mm. i talk, like i talk so much in therapy that like when i go that whenever time's up i'm like no but i, I have more to say yeah in group therapy you're splitting that time with so many people wow or I feel like I would want to like outshine. Do you people. get
1: into it like right away when you show up?
0: Oh, I used to have a hard time doing that because I uh, I had a cool therapist and I wanted her to like me. Like she was kind of mm. young and hip and um, and so I'd always try to like update her about my life. The things that don't matter, matter just yeah. like, oh, here's something cool that happened to me, yeah. and then she would talk with me, and then 15 minutes will go by, and then I'd be like, wait, 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 no, no, can we just talk about how I'm sad? Like, I would have to shift really fast.
1: It's it's difficult, mm-hmm. it's difficult to get into it. That's my issue currently, it's like the first 40 minutes is her like trying to pull information out of me, then I start getting really hype in the last five minutes. <laughs> and then she's like, well, we have to go now, so thanks for opening up in the last five minutes.
0: It's good that your therapist tries to pull stuff out. I feel like mine uh, would just, like, go with the flow. And mm. and then one time I told her, I was like, you know, you can, like, try to get me to say more things. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, what do you want me to ask you? And then...
1: oh, that's... Uh, I hate that. That's so... <laughs> ask me what the fuck you're supposed to ask. Ask me about my father. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I want like, her <laughs> to
0: do the work. Like, yeah. I'm paying her for that. Um, but then I started writing things down during the week. Because I think the hardest part for me was, like, whenever I felt like I you know was having a hard time was when i was alone so Mm -hmm. then i'd have all these thoughts and then once i was in therapy you know it's usually like sunny it's the weekend and i'm excited to have someone to talk to Mm -hmm. so that moment i'm always feeling good and so i don't want to get sad and so that that was the hard thing is like getting back to the sad stuff um but but when i wrote things down it helped i would just like pull out my phone and be like
1: i wrote this this down to talk about this that's a very good note that i will take
0: (laughs) yeah it's like uh prepping for a, a mic and stuff Everything is related to comedy. Maybe comedy is why I'm sad. Who knows? Um, could be.
1: This is a common thing for me when I come on podcasts is that I put the guest in, or, or the host in their own head. Oh, wow. And they start breaking <laughs> down in front of me. I, this is just
0: how I talk. Do you feel like doing <laughs> – do you feel like cathartic after doing stand-up or – I mean, improv is also very cathartic. I
1: haven't done stand-up in a very long time. Uh, oof. I don't remember the last – the last vivid memory I have of doing stand-up – was this one time I bombed at the comedy store, which was probably two years ago?
0: Oh yeah. Well, and I guess that's I not a good memory. Done it but since then,
1: uh, bombing is
0: sometimes. I feel like whenever I have uh, haven't bombed for a while, mm-hmm. I, I'm like relieved to bomb because I just feel like oh I'm due for. You
1: could get it off it. of you. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about improv. It is ca- improv is very much so cathartic for me. I love doing it on a bad day. I love doing it when I'm upset. I like doing it when someone I don't like is in the audience cuz that is also <laughs> very cathartic to like Why? kill.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah you know yeah yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know if you've ever had that experience.
0: I I've it's never an had I've I had didn't a lot. do improv that. <laughs> I did improv a little bit, but I was never on a Herald team. But I did have that with dance when I was younger. Not like someone I didn't like, but um like a like a crush or something. Oh, I used to yeah. yeah, I would practice my dance routines, um, and then imagine that like my crush was in the audience.
1: Oh my god. And then I would that's feel so sweet. It was
0: like very it gave me like confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they were just watching everybody else, but I'd be like, They're looking at, at me. me. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to build up that esteem. I think. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't do that with comedy, but it is like everyone's just looking at you all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But.
0: Do you have a confidant, confidant person you, besides, I guess you go to therapy, so that's probably, like outside of therapy, is there somebody you tell things to, you know, secrets and, uh. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a couple of people, well, my girlfriend would be one, Mm -hmm. and then there's my friend, Janine Hogan, that's someone I tell a lot of stuff to, and then Lacey Mosley.
0: What makes somebody a good listener?
1: What we'll makes someone a good listener? I almost said something very sexist, and I'm not going to repeat it. Oh, no. But, uh, Were I you don't you just going to say woman? Yeah, it really was. Like, that was the first thought that came to my mind. All those people have that in if that common. I know
0: that's sexist because I feel like the sexist thing to say is, like, women talk too much. No. So you're kind of remembering them for the opposite.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've had a lot of female friends in my life, and it's always been, like, I mean, I guess it's technically very emotional labory that I'm like, hey, let's take in all this stuff real quick but um they have always been there and it's always helped me really process stuff especially dating stuff like my friend janine is amazing at it of like i'll tell her what's going on and she'll be like you're totally looking at this from the wrong lens (laughs) and then she'll reframe it and i'm like oh yeah that is what's going on and it's all better
0: It is good to get advice from a different perspective. Okay, well, this podcast is about confessions, but not all confessions are bad. So I like to start off by asking the guests to make a good confession, which is like a good deed you did that nobody knows about or just something you're proud of or achievement, anything like that.
1: Yeah, uh, well, this is what came to mind was um, I have – I was in this movie called Don't Worry. Wait, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. It's a new Mm. Gus Van Sant movie.
0: Whoa, I love. He's one of my favorite directors.
1: Oh really? It's it's getting decent reviews. So so be excited. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like. I have a very very small part in it, and I was on great news earlier this year and totally got cut. So I was very worried that I would get cut. So I like messaged my friend who's at Sundance. I was like, Uh Hey, can you go watch this movie and let me know if I got cut? And he was like, You didn't get cut.
0: Oh, that's awesome so
1: that's my yeah i was like hey i'm kind of proud of that that i stayed in a movie that's great yeah
0: i like that i mean it's so casually just like have connections everywhere like oh i just call my friend up at sundance but i like, just... oh,
1: i don't know why he's there i have <laughs> a guess as to why but i i don't know <laughs> i think he's like a producer's assistant <laughs> i don't know that's cool
0: though um, I don't, it's yeah, not that's like he's like at
1: sundance to like be at sundance you know what i mean i don't know
0: he's out he's out there rubbing rubbing elbows yeah um that's really cool that's a great achievement
1: yeah, it was it was dope to not get cut. It's a weird phenomenon.
0: Yeah, to, to feel proud of something you've done, and then you have to wait so long to find out if yeah. it's ever going to see the light of day or not.
1: That's why I didn't tell anyone about great news. And then my girlfriend told people, and I said, please don't. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get cut. And she did it anyways. And then I was cut. And I was like, this was a terrible oh, yeah. experience for all the people to watch <laughs> the episode and be like, you were basically just an extra. And I was like, I had lines.
0: I do this. Never very funny. <laughs> I do this thing, or I used to. I guess now it does. I don't really as much, but I used to. If I got close to something and I didn't think I was gonna get it, like if I was on the second round mm-hmm. or something, I would tell people because I knew I wasn't gonna get it. So for a moment, I could be excited, mm-hmm. um, and then I would never get it. And then, wow. And then I'm the same way. If I think that I'm close or I maybe have a shot, I won't mention it to anyone.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's me. My thing is like, I can't talk about it because if I talk about it, I won't get it.
0: I don't, I mean, maybe it is superstitious, but I think maybe it's like your your brain's way of being like, I don't know. It's like a self-defense thing. The, I, the last time, I, maybe this is more with dance than comedy, but I auditioned for the Brooklyn Nets, like the dancers. Oh, wow. They were called like Brooklyn Nets, like E-T-T-E-S. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ever going to get it, but I got to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like told everyone because I knew I wasn't going to make it. So wow, I was like, wow. oh, I'm a semifinalist. Like, blah. Uh, and then, of course, I didn't get it. So wow. then I, for two days... There was a chance, and everyone was like, Oh, I'm gonna get season tickets.
1: Oh man, and that just felt good, like in that <sighs> yeah. little bit. Yeah, no, I, I could see that for me. It's like for Harold, the whole three months leading up to Harold, I just told everyone I wasn't gonna audition because I didn't think I was gonna make it. And then last minute, I auditioned. And Is it? I made it. <laughs> the first
0: time you did it? Yeah, it's it was. Three the first months time. of prep?
1: uh yeah. three months of just like everyone being like cause, oh you know, people like people talk about yeah it. like once it comes around everyone's just like oh you know and I just told everyone I wasn't going to like I was so like, stressful
0: no. I forgot about that. I mean I I mean I did UCB in New York and I love it and um I like the community but I, I mm. never got deep enough in doing improv to f- really feel like that, that. Po- the, the politics of it because I auditioned a few times but it was you know I was like very early in so I hadn't had any any expectations yet.
1: It's my least favorite time of year. <laughs> uh, from like August to September is my least favorite time of year because it's like that first month of everyone like waiting for them to come. It's just like everyone's super anxious and being all weird. Like I remember my friends would like not tell me what they were up to, but it was because they were in like practice groups and stuff getting ready. Like and I was just like,
0: practice groups,
1: guys, it doesn't matter if I know or not. I have no like power over anything. And then... <laughs> Afterwards, the bitterness of people who don't get on is just like it's a lot. Like you know what I mean? It's a lot. As an empath, I can't handle it.
0: What do you? What's an? I mean, I've heard that word used before. I've never really. It just means you feel things for other people.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like I'm deeply affected by how other people feel.
0: Do you actually feel like you can pick up on vibes or? One hundred percent. So someone walks in the room and they're having a bad day. You're like, Oh, get away a bad from me! Day. Yeah. Wow.
1: I I I I care too much.
0: Does it go the other way? If someone like brimming with good news, you're like, oh, I can't wait.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. That's very exciting. Maybe you're a psychic.
1: No, I can't. Like, <laughs> it's just like I'm very in tune. Like, it's very obvious. Like, if that person, like you know, someone could be having a bad day in the corner. If you're not attached to that person, you don't give a fuck. Yeah. But I just deeply start getting anxious. It? How am I like feeling? That. I don't know. Read
0: my mood. I'm I'm treating you like a fortune teller, but that's not what empathy No, do. it's not. The way it's described.
1: <laughs> I've I'm like, described vibes. it so clearly <laughs> and you refuse to accept it and keep trying to make it into I the really
0: love thing. the idea of people just being able to tell me information about about myself. Uh, I I used to sign up for dating websites just to do the um, personality quizzes. <laughs> Because there's stuff I would like open accounts like okay. I have a
1: guess that you're slightly a narcissist. (laughs) (laughs) Is that maybe
0: or just neurotic about? I just I think I'm never quite sure about like who I am. Yeah. So maybe that makes me a narcissist. But I I constantly want to know like where do I stand? It's like the same. Not being able to see. It's I think a like Carl Jung thing where you can't see the shadow part of yourself. Mm -hmm. I always feel like that's me. I'm always like, well, I wish I could just like see the space i'm taking up
1: yeah absolutely i think depression i don't know i i don't know if that's something you feel like you struggle with i don't Mm -hmm. want to diagnose you but i think it's inherently that up with your empath yeah i did (laughs) (laughs) i think it's inherently narcissistic oh wow uh just because like i I left i just left an uber pool and i walked out of it thinking like man i really hope that they're not going to talk about me (laughs) after like they leave that's such a narcissistic thought like It's a depressing thought, but it's also narcissistic to think that I'd be important enough for this UberPool driver and this other UberPool rider to be like, let's talk about this person that doesn't matter to us at all.
0: But everybody, by that logic, everybody is a narcissist because everybody, even happy people, are narcissistic because they choose to ignore. The, uh, realities of yeah, the, the realities world yeah, the realities of the world. Because I mean, if you look in, everything's depressing. So
1: yeah, if you just open your eyes <laughs> for thirty seconds, wake
0: up, sheeple.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Well, speaking of depression and talking, um, is there anything you want to tell me?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a story uh, that I haven't. I've only told parts of it to people. I haven't told people the whole story. It's a
0: real secret. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, it's a
1: pretty big secret. Uh, allow me to paint you a picture to begin. Okay. We open on a Northern California campus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, this is a real story. I can to tell a, you've been in a movie. I've been in many. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I went to a very conservative, well, by standards of the regular world, very conservative school in Northern California. My parents are of a religion called Adventism. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar uh, is like
0: Seventh Day at, Yeah. Is it um, kind of like uh, end of the world? Mm,
1: I guess that's a part of it, but that's not the part that like is super important. Uh, an easy map that I use for people is uh, the Asian character on Gilmore Girls is a Seventh Day oh, okay. Adventist. So just watch Gilmore Girls, and it'll explain my religion perfectly. <laughs> uh, but it's very strict. And my parents, when I told them I wanted to go to film school. They joked and were like, you can only go to film school if you can find an Adventist film school. And I found this university in Northern California that offered uh film. Uh, because it was very strict, I didn't work there at all. Like me mm-hmm. as a person who I became in high school, like around like 16, I was just like, fuck God, he's not real. And I started this whole rebellious phase and that kind of went into college. So because of that, I got in a lot of trouble with this department of the school called public safety which is essentially the security guards Mm -hmm. and i had gotten busted a couple of times for drinking drinking was like very against the rules as a dry lifestyle school which means as long as you're a student there whether you're of age or not you can't drink
0: oh wow how big was the school
1: Uh, about a thousand kids not very big so it's pretty easy to control something like that um There were like snitches that would like go to parties and like write people's names and be like, "These are the people who were out drinking on Friday night." Oh no! Some bars had worked it out with like the deans of the school to like tell them if a PUC kid had gone there. What? It was pretty intense. So because of a lot of this, I would go out of my way to prank and or humiliate the public safety department. Uh Uh, (laughs) Like I would do things like, uh, well. If I saw them driving at night, they usually like circle the campus. I would harass them by like being like, "What up, bacon?" or like just talk about pigs very, very loudly while they were around. Uh And one thing I started doing is there was this very specific officer named Sean Weston Ryder, and he had a big mustache. Just you could tell that this (laughs) dude really wanted to be a fucking cop. And anytime I saw him, I would gather up everything in my throat and spit super big (laughs) next to him. And I did, that. this was like when I was 18 years old, 19 Uh years old, just being a little shit, right? I remember one time I like asked the school if there's like a way you could file an official complaint about someone. And I just filed this long complaint about what a fucking idiot he was. Just the the shit to like get under his skin a lot because I hated them.
0: What made you single him out? Just the mustache? Yeah, he just looked (laughs) so
1: much like a cop. And he, the only experience I had had with him is that he had drug tested one of my friends who was 17. Oh wow. she was like a freshman and she was 17. And I was like, that's completely unethical. You can't do that. So like I'd like, I would like draw. I remember one time the school paper tried to like do like a profile, I'm, like, meet public safety, they're not as bad as you think. And I like drew <laughs> on his face and put it everywhere. Uh I would uh take like laundry detergent and put it in the school fountain. This like stuff that I Whoa, knew this would is get very their attention. It was stuff stuff I knew that would get their attention. Uh uh-huh. Like drawing penises in very specific places, Just things to get them riled up. You, we flashed like four years. Cause I went to college for five years because those first two years I just smoked a ton of pot, <laughs> and my fifth year.
0: It is Northern California, so that's just we just assumed that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Did very you grow good up assumption. In the Bay? No, oh, I'm yes. from. New York, but I went to high school in Texas.
0: Oh wow. I mm-hmm. grew up in the Bay, so.
1: Oh nice. Where we're at? Uh Paul Alto. Okay, nice. I know some peeps from around there.
0: Mark Zuckerberg? No. Uh, <laughs> He's no, actually just not from James there. Franco. Oh yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> just well <kidding>. no. <laughs> not gonna <laughs> talk about that.
1: No, not at all. Uh- <laughs> they
0: used there used to be a um a path behind my high school that mm-hmm. was called the Path, and like back in the sixties and seventies was just where everyone went to smoke weed and it was like a hippie oh, nice. uh, hangout area. And then when I was in school, it, it wasn't that, but people, all those donors would go there to smoke. But James Franco did mention the path in his book, uh, but don't go by it. So He
1: didn't mention <laughs> it in his movie Palo Alto?
0: I didn't watch that About him having movie. a
1: crush on his high school his, student?
0: <laughs> I think the book was, uh, I think the movie was based on one story from the book. Oh, wow. But What uh, a weird anyways, movie in context. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> so... Basically, like, my fifth year, I was on top of my shit. Because I had to be. Like, if Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I'd end up going to college for six years. So, like, I was, like, taking, like, 24 credits in a quarter. Just, like, really trying to, like, get my shit together. And I had had a huge character change. Like, a lot of people were just, like, this guy's different now. Like, freshman, sophomore year, everyone at my school thought I was a massive dick. Because I was. Like, I would do, like, (laughs) these elaborate pranks and stuff and, like, these big calls for attention. So, one day while I was sitting in school, I had gotten a letter from the administration saying you're expelled immediately, like just instantly. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I didn't understand what was happening. And it just drew me into like this panic. So then I just like tweeted like PUC trying to expel me because of my bad character and all these people started retweeting it, and like a lot of people started commenting on it, and like blew up into this thing of like everyone trying to defend me. So what had happened was there was this taco shop in uh like this town right outside of my school, where I was going. I was eating tacos, and that guy, Sean Weston had come with his family uh-huh, and I had bought my girlfriend at the time an Arizona iced tea, and she didn't finish it Ooh, good And I remember being very upset. And yeah, those like, customers. I $1. bought you this whole thing. <laughs> so I tried to chug it, but it, like the taste of the taco in my mouth and it, it didn't taste good. So I spit into the trash can. He then told the administration that I had done this to embarrass him in front of his family. So the school suspended me on violation of having bad character. What? And I like had a judicial meeting where they said like the school's judicial system at my – Like, it's very weird. The rules are you don't go there to defend yourself. You go there to apologize. Like, you're (sighs) going there to, like, say, like, this is why I'm sorry. I didn't go in there with that agenda.
0: That's like a parent kind of thing. Like, are you ready to say you're sorry?
1: Very much so. So, like, you're supposed to go in there apologetically, and you're supposed to bring in a teacher as, like, your counsel to speak on your behalf of your character. (laughs) A lot of it has to do with character at my school. Like, are Uh we making good Christian men and women? So, like... I didn't bring a teacher. I just went myself. And I was just like, I'm going to go in there and just like I clowned on them. I made fun. Like I was just so upset. And it basically turned into this thing where like one of my friends came up with the idea of I was known for like wearing a beanie kind of like slinked back. So like Uh all these people like were like Edgar's innocent. Like the school's just messing with him because of his past behaviors and stuff like that. They just want to like single him out and embarrass him. So we're all going to show up to, like, every Thursday my school had, like, a chapel service that everyone uh. was required to go to. And a lot of people, a significant amount of people, I don't want to say, like, the whole school. Because, again, there were some people who were just like, yeah, get rid of this fucking asshole. <laughs> but uh, they all showed up with beanies, like, the color that I wore. And, like, you know, it kind of forced the president to acknowledge of my school to acknowledge my situation. And she was able to forgive me to the point where I was allowed to... Be a student, but I wasn't allowed on the campus anymore. What? I mean, not on the campus on a on the dormitory grounds. Oh, so you? So had I to... couldn't go to. I had to find like housing. so just
0: straight to class.
1: Okay, straight to class. Hang out with the kids in the calf and stuff, so, but I couldn't go to the dorms, so I had to like find my own housing and stuff. Did like this that. spread
0: beyond your school? Um, because you said you tweeted it. Was it? Yeah, there like were a that... couple
1: of people that had retweeted outside of my school. I remember there was like a, a this like weird blog that was like popular amongst like. Younger liberal Adventist That like talked about my story And stuff like that I remember the school paper Like did it like something about me Like you know like It was a huge like Edgar's innocence thing Uh So my secret is I am 1000% not innocent Oh no (laughs) I 100% did it on purpose (laughs) I saw him Immediately was flashed To all the reasons Why I strongly dislike him (laughs) Saw that I had this whole Can of Arizona Chugged it and spit into that trash can while making very deep eye contact with him. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> was his family all there watching? Oh, of course.
1: <sighs> he, I mean of course he was deeply embarrassed by it because it was full of aggression.
0: Oh my god, that's so funny. But that's
1: I feel incredible. very guilty because a lot of people put effort into like speaking on my ha- behalf. There were some other things that kind of happened that really screwed me over as well. But like
0: Did people did anyone ask you like, "Hey man, just be real like did you did you do it
1: <laughs> no because like it was like i had changed like so like you have to understand i was a little shit like, what's this change freshman.
0: so i know you said you like you're you had a big character change and you yeah. learned, learned a bunch over uh the like summer or whatever what what's is there some example of that or you just sort of stopped doing pranks
1: well i think one big example that could like be physical and i've talked about this on other podcasts before is like when i got to high school when i left high school in high school, I was kind of like, again, having a lot of girls as friends and stuff like that. I was kind of like a of, of term that my friends used to call me, and I don't really like this term. But this is they <laughs> called me an emotional tampon, uh, which, like, you know, I would, like, hang out with girls. That's and the like, empath. Yeah, and they would, like, you know, they would talk to me about guys and stuff like that. And I would always be there for them. And then my friends, you know, my guy friends would uh-huh. be like, she's never going to fuck you, dude. You need to stop wasting your fucking time. So in like In high school? In high school, they would, like.
0: I love when really? high school kids are like, yo, you gotta get pussy and you're yeah. like, you're sixteen years old.
1: And where are you getting this pussy? Where? How does it work? Your parents are always home. Um so when I got to college, I, I, I was like, I'm gonna become a big douchebag. Like that and I like made up a fake last name, which was Van Ace's. This is all that very is real. Bag It was a douchebag last name. It was super douchey. And like I had this mantra which was no dumb bitches. Oh and my God. like I was an outward douche, like it was like very real. I outwardly would do bad things, like you know what I mean, like one thing I'd like to do is if I saw someone eating their lunch, I would sit in front of them, look them in the eye, and start eating from their plate as well, just like this stupid shit like that, like I had this like really rough
0: you're like the bully
1: I think well i when I talked about it with someone else on this other rock, I can't remember, but what it was was oh, it was Brittany Ashley, so what it was was I think I hated myself a lot. And, like, you know, struggling with depression and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what it was. So I would outwardly do things to receive the inward feeling I felt was justified.
0: That makes sense. You're, like, projecting a little bit how you – because you see the world in a way that mm-hmm. isn't, like, isn't great at that time. Yeah. So you are putting negative energy out. So it feels yeah. like it matches.
1: Exactly. I felt terrible inside. And I was just like, well, everyone was think that I'm terrible then. And I was self-destructive. But, like, a lot of things had happened – from like you know my freshman year to my super senior year that kind of changed that like I started going to therapy you know I had had like some struggles with like suicide and stuff like that just like a lot of humbling moments like Mm -hmm. I one big humbling moment was I like attempted suicide someone turned me in and then like I spent like a night in like you know a unit you know what I'm saying and like that like really humbled me and kind of like I was like oh okay this is like This is real shit. So I think I had just done a lot of growing up from like 18 to, what was I at that time? 22?
0: That's really, yeah, it's good that you made it through that. I mean, that sounds like, it's. I mean, I've only known you now as an adult and you've been very pleasant and nice and a very like well-adjusted person, but.
1: Thank you. I have my days. (laughs) (laughs) I think that troll in me still exists a little bit. I don't think people would say that troll is completely gone, but. I definitely wasn't that troll at that time. And I don't know. I think maybe I was just having a bad day that day. I don't know why I did it that day. But I did.
0: And you did it. And this is the first time you're telling the world.
1: Yeah. I remember not even my girlfriend at the time knew. And I told her like a year later. It was like this. It was like midnight on January 2015, I want to say. Uh-huh. Like January 1st, 2015 at midnight. I was just like, Caitlin, I have to tell you something. <gasps> I spit in the trash can, and then she started laughing super loud because it was like a big moment. Like you have to understand that I was expelled from school, and I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. Like I was like, "Oh fuck!" I think I really fucked up my life. Like my parents were like calling every day. My mom like wrote like this really long letter begging like the school to forgive me and stuff. Like they required me to go to like a psych eval because they were just like, "This is like a turbulent behavior," and then. I was like, nah, man, I'm just trying to be a dick real quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what did, uh, did they take any action on the, um, what's his name, Sean? Wesson writer? Yeah, because when you were forgiven, they, did they not think like, oh, that he's making it up for some reason?
1: No, I, when I was forgiven because I wasn't really forgiven. I mean, I still got banished from the dorms. Like, they didn't think that I was innocent. They were just uh. like-
0: they just wanted to be like quiet spoke all the kids. on my
1: character. Yeah, exactly. I see. That's kind of what happened.
0: That must have been, I feel like when something like that happens um, at graduation, you just get like huge cheers. I got was it, like,
1: massively huge cheers because the story, like the kind of like story that everyone was pushing was, he's almost done. Like, and you guys, finish. yeah, just let him finish. So, like, and then you I were like, finished. God's not real. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone hated me again. Uh, <laughs>
0: Um, are your parents still religious?
1: Almost a million percent, which isn't mathematically possible. But yeah, I just, it hit a huge head when I went back for, uh, I don't go back home often for many reasons. One reason is one of my best friends, who I'd hang out with all the time, committed suicide. Oh, man. So, like, I'm sorry. I just don't have a reason to go back there. And the other reason is they're deeply religious. So, I think from the last time they saw me to now, i would just been pushed so far from the center that it really bugged my mom in a way that I wasn't ready for.
0: Yeah, that's rough. Was that was that recent with your friend?
1: My friend did it in 2014. So 2014 is like one of the worst years of oh, my yeah.
0: life. My my little brother um, committed suicide uh, wow. like in 2015, but we or my family moved out of that house. Mm-hmm. but every time like it's uh it's like near it was near my high school so every time I go back like sometimes friends from high school want to hang out yeah. and when I have to drive through that town it's very weird I don't like going back
1: exactly it it just like it, it feels like being in a ghost town it which, is yeah. I don't know it sounds cliche but it's true like every time I go there I'm reminded by like because I would just go there and hang out at his house the whole time like that's what mm-hmm. I did anytime I went back home from college and I just don't have that option anymore
0: Man. Well. That's rough. Religion is definitely something. I, I, My dad is like a born again, and that's something I don't agree with him on. And mm. But obviously, like, we'll still talk and whatever. But there's so many things. I that heard like, you
1: tell a joke about it. It was very funny. Oh,
0: oh that's right. I think mm-hmm. you were uh, about uh, the UCB InterSanctum show, right? Yeah.
1: I want to ask you a very <laughs> weird question. Sure. Um, I don't know how to phrase this question, and I hope that it doesn't trigger something in you. What a way to preface this question. <laughs> I
0: hope it does now. I mean... Um, Please, for the listeners.
1: <laughs> Sometimes when I look at the news and like I see what's happening, I'm just like, man, yo, Dwayne's kind of lucky. Do you ever feel that, like, with like, like, you know, missing out on like this, like Trump madness and like all this stuff that?
0: Wait, wait, sorry, say that again. My
1: Dwayne. best friend. Oh, Dwayne, oh like, okay. I'm just like, I thought you were
0: talking about like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. I was Dwayne, like, Hold on. Uh, he is very lucky. Did I miss lucky. something that happened to? Him?
1: Uh, but like, uh, like I feel yeah. like he's kind of lucky in the sense that he doesn't have to experience any of this. Yeah. Do you ever have that thought pop up?
0: That's interesting because I, I, not that exact thought, but I've had a thought similar where I was like uh, recently thinking, because I used to be like, oh, I wish my brother was still around. I could be like, it's going to get better. But then all this stuff that's kind of happened pretty recently after um, that he passed away, it's been pretty bad. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of times when I've been like, well, uh, you know, I don't know that I would have been telling the truth yeah. if I said it was going to get better. Like, was he... Uh... He was 17, so I think that would have been a hard time for him. You know, yeah. I think eventually, of course, like I do believe as you get older, you find better ways to deal with depression. And yeah. I think, um, in a, especially for boys that age, I think it's re- uh, really hard to get out of that once you're in it. Like, mm-hmm. I think your brain is kind of different. So I think yeah. if you can just literally like get past it, it your brain starts shifting in a way.
1: Absolutely, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I, I think like for Dwayne, what would have been really hard is this like, you know, being like a gay Asian man. Like okay. I've been like, oh man. You have no idea the awful shit that's waiting for you at the other end well, of this. Like, I've
0: thought that, but then I've also been like, because I lived in New York and mm-hmm. I lived in LA, and I've been like, there
1: are places he could have went. Yeah, yeah, and of course,
0: there's communities, and I think there's things where I'm like, in high school, it's so different, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if only my brother went to college, I'm like, he would have cleaned up. Like, yeah. he was by, he wasn't, um, but he was. I, I don't think it. He didn't uh say that it had to do with that I think there was a lot of other stuff it's like, a, it's, it's, yeah. I
1: feel like it's all mixed in yeah. I'm sure you
0: know it was affected but um but yeah sometimes I want to be like man if you just turn 18 I'll take you to a gay club yeah like, you're gonna like you're gonna have way more fun as an adult it's high school is not everything but um
1: it truly is just seeing someone else do it that makes you more yeah. comfortable that's kind of what happened with that when I was in that unit uh what The only way I could get out of it was for this, like, uh, a psychologist, or I don't know what the profession of the person was, but someone had to come in that room and talk to me, and if I cleared, I could leave, I could go home. Mm -hmm. It was a very terrifying time, because I was like, fuck, what if I'm going to be here for like a month? And then, like, I was like, man, my parents are going to find out and all this stuff. But this big black woman came on, Mm -hmm. and she just sits down, and she just, like, she asked me, like... Why do you want to kill yourself? And I was just like, well, I just feel like no one will accept me. And she's like, name someone who you don't think accepts you. And I said, My mom. I don't think that my mom will be happy, like knowing how far from Christianity I am. And she kind of laughed. Like this woman laughed in a weird way. I was like, Why are you laughing? She's like, No one's mom thinks that they're doing good. Like, (laughs) and that kind of like made me realize, like, okay, other people go through this. And it's okay that like my mom and I don't see, like, 100% eye to eye on everything. Because that's something that I thought was a massive failure in myself, mostly because of how much religion is just, like, honor your parents and, like, a a, a sign of, like, a bad son is, uh, you know, his relationship with his mother and stuff like that. Like, that was, like, a haunting story. Like, I till this day think that I may never find a life partner because – my relationship with my mom is going to be like a huge mark against me. Like, I don't know. Isn't that like a thing that people say? Like, oh, you can tell how a man's going to treat you by how he treats his mother.
0: Yeah, but that's people, that's a very old timey saying. I have I have issues with my mom too and my therapist. I think what shifted for me was when, I, when my therapist was like, she's never going to be the thing you want. So yeah. you should stop trying to do that. Yeah. And then I, I realized that that she was right. Because I think what I was trying to do for so long was like, fix the relationship yes. so that we could just be back to normal but it's like after so long it's like it's not it's always going to be that way she I is just, who she
1: is because of her experiences yeah and then i just have yeah. to know like
0: i can't look to that relationship for fulfillment no. and uh and then that helped a lot because i realized in my like love relationships i was trying to mimic the relationship with my mom mm. like i was always in a position of like seeking love and like i always felt like i needed like punishment you know like mm-hmm. in order to feel like i'm earning the relationship yeah, absolutely and then once I realized I was doing that, or, like, with the help of therapy, um, it, it helped a lot because I was like, oh, I don't have to repeat this relationship. I can still, she's still my mother. I can still love her, but I can distance myself Absolutely. and not turn to her when I need support because no, I won't cause get what I because it's something that I she's
1: not, yeah. yeah. I think that's something I realized as well, too. And, like, hearing you go through that is also kind of what I was talking about, which is this, like, this is a lot more normal than I convinced myself in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I mean, I don't want to speak for, like, with your brother but like i think that like with Dwayne, like if i could have got like if he could have gone to like los angeles or austin mm-hmm. you know not mcallen texas like you know like he could have been like oh, okay this isn't a unique struggle i think that's what like depression and suicidal thoughts can kind of trick you into is like i am the only person going through this right and uh uh i don't know it's something that's kind of wild
0: well also feeling like you're never gonna get out of it, but, but yeah. uh, what I think with time, you because I still go through like phases. But now that I've gone through like very low lows and then come out of it, and if I hit another low, I'm kind of like,
1: well, this here. is yeah. I'm like, okay, I, yeah. I'll just
0: have to figure out a way to like pass the time and yeah. and not harm myself until I'm out of it. But
1: uh, rewatch Community.
0: Oh, okay, I like that Joe.
1: It's a good, it's yeah. a good way to get out of a low. <laughs> I know I said that as a joke. But I meant it earnestly. Oh,
0: I thought you were gonna like say like there's some storyline in there. But I was like, tr- I was trying to rack my brain real quick. Like, which one was a depression episode? You
1: know what? There are there are one. There is a very good speech in there that I watch a lot when I'm very depressed, and it's in the episode when uh, Joel McHale's character
0: uh-huh.
1: is trying to like impress one of the like he meets the guy that Britta has like always always been obsessed with. Uh-huh. And then like he meets he meets him, and this dude is not attractive, is a carny at a carnival. And he's just like, this is Jeff. And he's just like, this is the character? Like, this is the guy that you, like, this is the guy that broke you? And Jeff is, like, trying to, like, do everything he can to, like, get this guy to see, like, what the big deal is. And then, like, Jeff at the end of the episode gives this long monologue about how none of us are special, and that's kind of what makes us special. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, the go-to for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's not, that's a good way of thinking about it because then if nobody's special, then you can't be broken.
1: Yeah, and he's just like he's like it's that shame that we all feel of right,
0: like of like why am I doing this wrong? Is mm, why everyone seems to know what they're doing, and but it's, it's like, fake. Nope, nobody knows. It's all they're just fake. at different points in their life. Yeah. Maybe no. It's yeah. a
1: beautiful speech.
0: That's true. Well, I really like that story, and uh, I feel like we got to some insightful stuff. Why not? Um, thanks for sharing that with us. Do we have time for a game, Sammy? Oh yeah. Okay. I have a game to lighten up the mood. That's about confession. Did you feel
1: like the mood got pretty dark?
0: I actually didn't feel that it got dark, but uh, but I the lights did it, go down. Yeah, in it here. went down, and, and uh, everything did go inverse color, and maybe we're in the upside down. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: <laughs> I've never seen that show, and I, I promise really. I never will watch. Actually,
0: it. the second season is very um, has some strong motifs. Of if uh, that more anxiety than depression, but mm-hmm. I connected to a lot based on just like how I've dealt with anxiety. I feel like they, they what's the word materialized a world that represents how anxiety feels like.
1: I love the 80s. I hate <laughs> 80s nostalgia. I don't know. It's a weird it paradox. It feel for me. like. I love '80s, 80s music.
0: It feels like it exists on its own.
1: You're sh- they literally wear a Ghostbuster costume on Halloween. But you can
0: enjoy <laughs> it without knowing any references. It
1: it feels like it, literally them trying to be like, how do we make like the Goonies and like Sandlot and like everything that. That's just like true. in one? Like.
0: I have a weird thing now too. Whenever I watch stories about like, <laughs> sounds so weird when I say this. I don't mean it in a weird way. But whenever I see stories about like. Young boys,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I don't mean it in a weird way, but just like because of my little brother, I feel like I just like have this thing where I'm like, "Wow, I love this story about so you, teenage you're putting boys. you're putting yeah. it,
1: you're putting him into it,
0: and I, because the main character and that does kind of go through like an isolation, mm. feeling like he doesn't connect, so I'm like, oh,
1: you man. know that's a very fair point. I don't feel that when I watch young boys." <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if i just like out in the real world like watching young boys crying yeah. like just crying in the corner like oh you guys go on keep playing
1: i think the worst thing to do is like go up to that young boy and be like you remind me of my brother oh no and i'm pretty sure everyone would be like let's get let's get her out of here huh? i can't do
0: that but my dad does shit like that and i can't nobody can get mad at him because you no, know he yeah. lost his son but it's sometimes when he does stuff like that i have to be like oh my god like he will take pictures of like teenage guys that look like oh remind him of my brother, and he'll send him uh. to my family, and he'd be like, met this young handsome boy today. reminds uh, reminds me of Harry. And like, it's kind of sad. but It's also like, like I don't know. I want to like, stop copes. taking pictures of strangers.
1: Yeah. Does he? That do you think he tells them underage? why?
0: I don't know. I'm sure he brings it up sometimes and Are they sneak are nice. photos
1: though? Are they no, like... no,
0: he'll he, they're usually like posed. I think okay. so, some most of them are cool that like cause he, my brother had cool hair, so it'd be like a gut uh, so cool hair. So it's kind of a
1: compliment, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I almost feel like it's not telling them it's like he's probably just like, Oh, I like your hair and then secretly like you remind me of my dead son. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
1: I'm like, no. <laughs>
0: I'm like, don't do that. Uh, so Anyways. you
1: said you wanted to lighten up the Oh, mood. yeah, let's
0: play. Like, yeah, dead sons. All right. This game is called Craigslist Poetry or Taylor Swift Lyric.
1: Okay. It's pretty
0: straightforward. Um, there's a section on Craigslist called Rants and Raves where mm-hmm. people can confess or say anything they want. Sure. Sometimes write poetry, uh, maybe a budding young Jack. Kerak on there who knows why not we'll find out so um, I'm gonna read a uh, verse and okay. you can just tell me whether you think it's Craigslist poetry or you think it's a lyric from a Taylor Swift song
1: sounds fantastic are you ready let's do this
0: okay here's the first one money on your books and a joke to you that you got me for everything you could I don't even know how to feel
1: Taylor Swift lyric
0: you're wrong it's internet poetry wow. this is from the Craigslist Ransom and Rave section in a post called Lost Without You okay
1: Still sounds like a Taylor Swift song to me. I'm (laughs) going to guess Taylor Swift song every time. Uh, Here's the
0: second one. Okay. There are Taylor Swift songs in there. So, Uh, As we gaze into each other's eyes near the fire on the floor, let me show you what you can be behind the door.
1: Internet poetry.
0: Yep. Correct. That's one point. That is from a post called Vinaigrette that talks Jesus about Jesus Christ <laughs> it's a, who a whole knows what that could be about <laughs> analogy about dressing and I don't know if it's an analogy it could be real maybe they had some fun with dressing who knows anyways alright here's the next one so I got some things to say to you ha huh? I seen it all so I thought but I never seen nobody shine the way you do
1: Taylor Swift
0: that's correct this is from the song Hey Steven from Fearless
1: Hey Stephen, I've been holding oh. back to Steven, so I That ha. (laughs) The pause on that ha is ridiculous.
0: All right. Yep. That's a real Taylor Swift lyric. But you got it. So, did you know that song? No. Okay. Just a lucky guess.
1: Well, the ha is what gave it away. Uh She has this performative stuff to her when she, like, you know what I mean? Ah. It's like she's aware that she's talking to an audience in all her songs. Yeah. In a way that I don't like. Steven, in this case. She's Mm -hmm. talking to Steven. I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> Sing your songs.
0: She has multiple songs that are just like, hey, and then blank name. She's yeah. like, hey, dear John.
1: Yeah. I like a fourth wall with my songs. Mm-hmm. Don't break it.
0: You like to feel like it's like from a journal. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one. You ask me for my love, then you push me around. Here's to you and your temper. Yes, I remember what you said last night.
1: I want to go with internet lyric.
0: That's incorrect. This is a Taylor wow. Swift lyric from the song, Tell Me Why. And here's the clip.
1: I yeah. should have known because she's breaking <laughs> the fourth wall in that song.
0: She, oh, yeah, here's to you. Oh, I didn't even notice that all oh, you. Mm. Oh, no, the first one was a second person. That's all of them. You got one out of four. Um, no,
1: I got two right. Oh, you
0: got two. Wait, did you get two?
1: I did get oh, two. Oh, you got two. Okay. Thank you this for is having another case back, of, <laughs>
0: A case of. <laughs> I don't know if this is another case of spitting in the trash can and lying about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you 10 years You from got now.
0: Two, two out of four, so that's 50%. Um, so depending on... Um, how you see it, you either passed or failed, so.
1: I think I definitely failed, right? 50% is a fail.
0: 50% is a fail if you're grading papers. But But it's also, a pass if you're, uh, I don't know, probably somewhere.
1: This it's, would be a bad quiz. Because oh, even if a, I got three out of four, that's still a failing grade.
0: It's a pass if you're, um, if you're, uh, I'm trying to think on my feet and I can't. Oh, if you're like, did you cheat on me? And you're like, I only 50%. Um,
1: cheated? Try-
0: <laughs> then it's not a cheat.
1: Oh, man. Like if
0: you didn't do anything if, if but you thought about doing it came back to you
1: and said hey I only 50% <laughs> cheated on you would you stay with that person 50%
0: cheating would mean the other person like if I was out and another woman tried to do something I said no that's 50% mm-hmm. so I didn't cheat
1: that I think that's 0%. That's halfway, 0%, halfway cheat. to
0: cheating. No, well, if I had do. said yes, that would be the other 50%. It I think that's tina 100%. Tina
1: tina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I am single and you can date me if you <laughs> agree with me. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, if you agree with her take on cheating, please reach out. It's oh, at Teresa Lee on all social media.
0: Yeah, that is not correct. <laughs> 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 it is at Larisa T, L-E-R-E-S-A-T-E-E. Um, Edgar, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on hair old night, I'll probably have the same demeanor I have now, despite mm-hmm. what character I'm playing. I realized that yesterday I played a woman and I talked like this <laughs> the entire time. I
0: Why- gotta come to Harold Knight more.
1: Because women can talk like this. So stop being That's sexist. True. Yeah. They can um, have a very low-energy, dry, deep voice. Go
0: to Harold Night, especially if you're somebody that Edgar doesn't like, because he's guaranteed to kill it that night. Yeah, if you're and in it's going to feel so good. So.
1: Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram, at Awfulgram. You can find me on Twitter, at Edgar You can also find me on the podcast culture kings on how stuff works available wherever you get your podcasts
0: sweet Um, and that's it for today we're going to set up a voicemail at some point but I didn't do it yet so uh, goodbye